What are our top 10 PlayStation games? Let's find out. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Triangle Squared. As you might have noticed, uh, for viewers who can see us on the YouTubes, yeah. we have nice new microphones. Audio listeners Individual will hear microphones. Us. For those who listen to us in audio-only format, you may notice that my smooth, smooth voice sounds a little more clear than usual. Chocolatey. Uh, so anyway... With episode 10, uh, since we've been doing this for a while, it doesn't seem like a whole long time, but you know, 10 episodes, 10 weeks. Right. It seems like a long time when you've been doing it like this. Uh, but, you know, we started to give away, and basically this is our form of doubling down on this uh, podcast and kind of putting our faith in it. Uh, we've been having fun with it. It seems like people are liking it, and you know, doesn't matter how many, we got some that like it. Uh, you covered my face, you jackass. Let's anyway. make the quality better. Yeah, so we're going to just keep trying to do the production values a little bit higher, uh, so you know, for those who have stuck with us from the beginning, thank you. And for those who are just now joining us, I hope you enjoy. So, first things first, we had a giveaway that we announced last episode. We did. And with that giveaway, we were giving away a copy of Near Automata sealed for the PS4 and a cup that has Triangle Squared branding on it. If you can see it, it's nice and pretty. Very sexy. Um, Works very, very well. It keeps your drinks cold and or hot. Um not Andor, because it can't keep them cold and hot at the same yeah. time. I apologize. That was kind of dumb of me. Um, but regardless, um, we have a winner. We, winner we're recording winner. on a Chicken Thursday because I'm going on vacation. So There is no it's, drop It's this a week. little weird. There's no drop, and news is going to be – it's going to miss some stuff. Uh, I already know like one of the things is like there's a need for speed full reel coming tomorrow. Um, yeah, well, so, we're, we're going to have these episodes every now and then. It'll be very rare, but um, – shouldn't be uh, yeah but i had to get my vacay on so to not waste too much more time we're gonna go ahead and announce the winner so let's go and do the little random number generator and find out who wins (laughs) 985 (laughs) contestants entered for this no that's not at all what it's saying there was 985 entries that's all just entries. Okay, entries, not contestants, yeah, not yeah. singular contestants, but yeah. we had it. I think, I think it was 100 and, 100 and something. So 150 people or something like yeah. that? Yeah. So with that being said, looks like our winner is Samuel Ivan Hummel. Boy. Now what it is at Yahoo.com. If I'm not mistaken, this is Mr. Sam Nizzle Plays. You're probably correct on that. Uh, well, okay. We're going to message you. Uh, I'm probably going to message you on Facebook because I think I've seen you. Because you live in Ashdown. That's very, very close to us. So that's about 20, 30 minutes out. Yeah. So we will contact you about how you want to go about getting the Gaming Cup. Uh, if we need to mail it to you, just let us know. If uh, you're going to be in town, uh, I don't know if you ever come this way, but if you're going to be in town, let us know. We can do a meetup. Yep. Uh, you're going to have to work through Mr. Dealer Saw here. I can be a middleman, but I'm going to be out of town. So he's he's going to be your person. So yeah. thank you for everyone who had entered. And I know there was a lot of people who shared it. We gained a lot of subscribers. I'm sure some of those are going to be a little hollow. There's people that just want to do giveaways. But you know what? For the people, what I'm happy about is if this is Sam Nizzle Plays, 
it means that somebody who has subscribed to us literally from like the first or second episode. Anyway, somebody who was already a subscriber prior won, and that's interesting. And commented on our trailer, the very first video we put on the channel. I think that's right. So, and yeah. when it came out, he didn't comment like. Look, watches be completely wrong, and it's not same as old place. If it's not, you're still a cool dude, and you won the giveaway. So yeah, well, I know that I recognize this dude because I think he shared us in a Facebook group. Okay, um, that makes so sense. I, I, I know I recognize the name. Uh, so yeah, you won. Congratulations! Woo! All right, so Mr. Saul here has got a plan that I don't actually quite know about of what he wants to do instead of the drop since there's not going to be one for this week. Right. So I'm going to let him move into that and y'all can kind of, we can learn together. So kind of similar to the drop dealing with game releases, I have a question, which is going to be like a little mini topic. What game that has a release date in 2017. Now, this could be a game that we may speculate will be delayed. This can be as long as it has a set in stone release date. What is your right now? Right now. Okay. As of July 1st, June 1st, what is your most anticipated game to release this year? South Park: The Fractured Bell. Really? Yes, I'm not joking in the slightest. That's actually kind of surprising. Dude, I- the stick of truth is so fucking Uncharted's up there because the Lost Legacy. Yeah, that's what really I thought good. you were going to say. But no, because Uncharted Lost Legacy is just more Uncharted 4. And yeah. that's not a bad thing at all, because Uncharted 4 was a great game. But as far as like what I'm super excited for, The Stick of Truth was just such an amazing game. Uh, and I really I still need to play it. I, my only concerns come from the fact that Oblivion, or Oblivion, Obsidian, uh, made the first game. And this one looks to be Ubisoft Montreal or something like that, I'm pretty okay. sure. But it's a Ubisoft internal team. Okay. Uh, so I don't know... Uh, Maybe that means it'll run a little bit better because Obsidian games do tend to, to run a little badly. But uh, on PS3, at least, uh, the the Stick of Truth had some frame drops when you're running around town. But combat was really fun, and the game was just really... For a game, it was really crazy. Hmm. I, I, still, love it I still need to play through it. So, uh, anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's mine. What's yours? Destiny 2. I, I don't even know why I didn't think about that. See, here's the thing. I'm excited for Destiny 2, but about as cautiously excited as you can be. See, Because I think the gameplay is fun, and the gameplay loop is obviously Yeah. Fun. Well, a big misconception with uh, with me and a lot of other people is that Destiny 1, I thought, was a great game from the gameplay standpoint, and the lore was out of reach, but it was still kind of good. Uh, and I like Bungie lore. It's all pretty decent, including Halo. But the experiences in... Destiny 1 are some of the best I've had this generation. Um, so I'm really looking forward to the experiences that Destiny 2 will bring me. Staying up late nights, doing strikes, you know, getting on the raids, and just hanging out with buddies, playing a video game. And that's what I'm really, really excited for. That's what makes me the most excited is that aspect there of um, hanging out with people. Um, I already know that, you know, you, and Donovan, all the, all the Joe, weird, All the weird jokes we talk about. Oh, man. So, playing so Destiny. funny. When we're going to talk about what if somebody, what if you wake up to somebody sucking your yeah, dick? Yeah, that was a funny, that was a fun time. <laughs> and that, you don't know who or what it is, but it's good. That was, it, <laughs> that is never a good situation. But those are fun times, and um, you know, now that they incorporated the whole raid thing, I think we'll be able to actually raid more often, which is something we never got to oh, do since we don't. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that though, because it, it's putting your trust in people you don't know. Yeah, and, um, and, and, and that's something that's I always know, something I don't that, know about. that as long as everybody has mics, we should be fine. Because I don't, I can't imagine griefers are going. Into well, the here's raids. the thing: we typically party separate from Destiny. They could come in our party. It shouldn't be a big deal. I wouldn't think. Um, I mean, if It'd we be don't, cool if they made a feature that let them like easily migrate into your party from within the game. Like in the game, if they join your fire team, they can be like join your party. Yeah, I don't know how the hell they'd work that out, but I think that would be interesting because then be. they wouldn't have to leave the game to join your party. Um, you know what? Talking about games, I forgot. What have you been playing this week? 
we we skip that. Not that it matters, but I've literally only been playing Diablo three. <laughs> I beat Diablo three. That's a good game with, to play. With me and Donovan beat the final act. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's where we were at last time we recorded. Um, and then me and him went on to make a seasonal character, and I made a crusader. I was playing a demon hunter at first. Yeah. Uh, and then I made a crusader, and I've already moved him through level 70 to work towards getting the six classes to level 70. And uh, last two nights ago, I made a uh, wizard, which I've never played in Diablo. Super fun. That was um, the only class I've ever played in Diablo. Dude, I like it a lot. It's fun. And I didn't think I would. Oh, it's real fun. I like it a lot. There's some really cool um, synergy later on in the game. And I've been getting some cool stuff. Like I got a cow summon, like a little pet. He doesn't do anything. He's just a pet. Yeah. But he's a cow who looks pissed off, got a nose ring, and got like a, this, uh, he's got like a little spear. That he's is really cool. cool. Yeah, he's he's out there. He's, he's weird looking. Um, but other than that, I'm just working towards that platinum. That's more or less what I'm using my summer for. I've got a lot of games I still got to play. I need to get back to Farpoint. It's just it's been a really busy week. So when I get home, I'm tired. Yeah, just hard to get into that VR. And I really just want to sit and play Diablo. Because one of the great things about Diablo is even though I play on like a Torment 1, Torment 2. When me and Donovan are playing, we play Torment 1, Torment 2. When I'm playing by myself, I'll bounce between Torment and Master. Okay. Uh, just to try and level up quicker because you get yeah. a bonus. I could go harder and do it, but I like that. Even on Torment, I don't have to try extremely hard, and it's still fun. So it's right. a little bit of a mindless, but not too mindless, because of the way that the nature of how that game works. Um, so I don't know. I've been really enjoying that. I guess my biggest complaint is that you know I'm gonna be flying for four hours, and I'm gonna be driving or riding in a car for four hours before that. Uh, and I really feel like there's no reason that Diablo three shouldn't have come to the Vita with cross save functionality. That would have been great. Yeah. And if they had cross save functionality, I'd have been able to pull my save over from the PS4 and keep working towards that platinum. That would have been great. Um, so that sucks, but you know, it is what it is. So yeah, Diablo three on the go would have been, all right. Well, that's, that was an interesting little fun. section. I mean, knowing that you're so excited for destiny, I'm a little, see my answer not was surprising surprised. to you, but yours yeah. is not surprising to me. So, so is there anything besides uncharted you thought I would have said? Not really. No, that's what I was really curious about. Cause if you didn't say uncharted, I was curious as to what it would be. So okay. I'm actually pretty surprised. All right, well, um, what I'm going to do now is hop into the news. And like I said, there's going to be a couple things I miss uh, this week just from the, the nature of this is Thursday um, and having to prep for vacation from work has been hell as well. But I, I did my best to roll through and, and pull the stuff I thought was interesting. So the first thing I saw this week that really just pulled my attention and I decided to go ahead and pull it over the news is that the uh, it looks like the PS3 uh, production will be ending soon in Japan. The info page for the 500 gigabyte, uh, gigabyte PS3 model, uh, which looks to be the only remaining model, at least on Japan's page, mentions that shipments are scheduled to end soon. Hmm. So the PS3 launched in 2006. That puts it around 10 years, 11 years. Yeah. Um, so it's not... Well, 11 years, which pushes it past the 10-year lifespan that t- Sony typically aims for. Yeah. For consoles. Um, so that's really interesting, and it, it's kind of sad in a weird way because it's like retrospective for me, and I think that the ps3 uh in my honest opinion is the best playstation made to date uh at least from a standpoint of what the console could do as well as the games because i think that some of the best games i've ever played in my life were on the ps3 uh and i think it's that, a great little I system think, i felt like sony's first party really came into their own in the ps3 whereas ps2 you had god of war and you had a couple of things uh like ico shadow of the colossus but even though they had exclusives they didn't a lot of it was like third party stuff when it came to PS3 sales lacking behind and Sony having a little too much hubris uh, and being egotistical with the PS3, whenever they came out, like whenever they came out and were like, "Oh crap, you know, 
we kind of shoved ourselves in the in the sand a little bit. We need to come back and show these people that our games are why you should buy our console. Yeah. And I thought that was a really cool way to do that. Yeah, it was kind of an interesting thing. So not while, to spend too much longer on that. While you go read that one, I'm actually going to hop and grab my notebook that's in my backpack five feet away. That I completely forgot about, so you I'm got gonna this, disappear. You got this dead ass laptop you want to have open. This laptop sucks. You liar. It's aesthetic. <laughs> All right, so next thing up is that PS4 received update 4.70 this week. Uh, the update came stealthily with no announcement. Interestingly, the update changed the PS Store logo, the logos for PS Video, PS View, PS Now, and even the PS Plus logo. Uh, the patch notes only state the system software updates the quality of the system performance, which is pretty par for the course with a lot of their smaller updates. Um, that's why I thought it was a little interesting they actually did some um, logo changing. In a, in yeah, one like the this. store. I like the store I'll, logo I'll a lot wonder more. If they, I wonder if they're prepping for some stuff. Um but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so the update weighs in around 320 megabytes, uh, and it is a mandatory update. So if you haven't done it yet, you do have to do it to continue to play online. And some people were having bricking issues. I saw. So, which um, is interesting. Because I'm a part of a few groups. Uh, I saw that there are some people having issues uh, or where it won't even, where it's not necessarily bricked, but it won't even try and start up. Yeah, like it kind of almost freezes, and uh, it's a very interesting problem. It's not something I don't know, that though. It's happens. something that can happen with any kind of update, and it's one of those, like, it's not widespread from what I've seen, but it's it's enough. You know, here's the thing. It doesn't matter if it's widespread or not. Anything that's breaking PlayStation should obviously be looked into soon. Uh, so it is worth mentioning that in case you haven't done it, in case you want to hold off to see if there's another 4.71 or something that fixes those issues. Uh, so next up, Square Enix have announced the newest game by I Am Setsuna developer, Tokyo RPG Factory, called Lost Sphere. Uh, and that's S-P-H-E-A-R in case you want to look the game up. Uh, the game builds upon the gameplay mechanics of uh, Setsuna, but revamps the active time battle system, letting players readjust placement during fights. Which sounds like you kind of do like what South Park is doing, where you're you have a grid base and you can move around and position yourself before you do any moves. Yeah. So I think that's pretty interesting. Um, and the news came alongside a trailer and screenshots uh, showing off the game. Uh, so if you are interested, go check them out. It looks kind of pretty. It's similar to Setsuna's art style, uh, so it's still. Not necessarily 2D, but almost like chibi, small, not kind of pixel arty, but still 3D. Um, it's odd, but yeah, I like that. Uh, it's set to release in early 2018 for 49.99. So that's a big step up from Setsuna, which I'm pretty sure was 39.99, um, and that was a Vita release. It's a little sad to see this is not coming to Vita. It is coming to PS4, Switch, and a couple. Of, I think it's, I think it's coming to Xbox as well, actually. Um, so next up is that Sonic Mania is officially announced to be releasing on August 15th. Good. Uh, this announcement came as part of a new trailer showcasing some new areas for the game, which look fucking dope, uh, and featuring Sonic, Knuckles, and Tails gameplay, which is also pretty cool. Yeah. Because one of the big things about Forces is that people are kind of mad that we're not seeing Tails or Knuckles. Knuckles, yeah. That's uh, my boy. For the time being, they're really focusing on that uh, classic Sonic, uh, modern Sonic duo thing which is which they don't be wrong it's deserved kind of bad because uh they did the same thing with uh sonic shit what was it called what, what sonic generations era? it was oh. generations and it was a ps3 game um so next up pyre the party-based rpg from bastion developer supergiant games has received a release date Pyre is a party-based RPG, for those who don't know. Uh, it's got a three-on-three battle system where you aim to extinguish your foe's signal flame before they do the same to you. I saw this at PSA, uh, PSX. The art is, like, super cool for it. I don't know if I'm necessarily going to be in on it because I'm not a huge fan of uh, turn-based. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, that's the way this is kind of being set up. Um, 
I did watch people play it, and I, I'm just really blanking on whether it was turn-based or active time uh, or free range. But, you know, all their other games have been free battle. I'm the, not mistaken, The right? title sounds Because familiar. these are the people who uh, developed Bastion and Transistor, in case yeah. you don't know Super Transition is a, is a weird battle. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a weird battle system. It's it's great. I love the game, but it's, it, it's weird. It's kind of turn-based, like stop-motion, almost turn-based. Yeah, I forgot about that. Bastion was not. Bastion was really interesting, actually. I like Bastion a lot. Um, and I played that on Vita way later than I should have. Yeah, I still so, have it on my Vita, just never played it. Oh, it's super good. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's really good. I liked it a lot. Uh, it's not super long, but you can replay it, and there's some different stuff, and there's a lot of challenging things that they let you add in the, at the end of the game. Um, so let's see. VR mech shooter Archangel uh, was given a release window for PSVR this week. Developer Skydance Interactive announced that the game will be launching for PSVR this July, uh, though no particular date was given, so that kind of sucks. But, you know, uh, it was also announced that it's going to be uh, released first on PSVR with a exclusive two-week window before making its way to other VR platforms. So that's cool for Sony just as a marketing deal, and it makes the PSVR a little more attractive if people see that games are coming to it quicker. Yeah. Um, not that I necessarily think that that's a great way for Sony to do stuff, but I think it's a smart way to get people to try VR who, who maybe have Oculus or maybe haven't tried at all, and they go, well, I'm going to get one. Which one should I get? Well, VR has been getting them early. Yeah, and it could definitely make some people. And I know, you know the price, as well as getting certain games exclusive or early, is going to make it really. You know, see with VR, I think that I don't know if that'll work that well because that means that with like Destiny or something, it can it can you know convince you to buy the other game if you have the other system. But it's almost if I guess if you had the VR, but typically you don't have two VRs where you may have a PS4 and an Xbox One. So it's kind of a well, weird like, yeah, territory. Yeah, it's a little different because, I mean, there are people who have uh, PSVR who also have Oculus because they're really that's, different. Yeah, I know. That's just a weird well, and the, combination and the, to P, me. the PC requirements are really crazy. And as new games keep coming, they get a little crazier. So um, next thing up on the list is publisher and developer Grip Digital announced this week that they will be bringing their award-winning first-person shooter platformer Deadcore to PlayStation 4 on July 14th, 2017. So that's this year. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Pretty short announce window, but uh, apparently uh, the game originally launched back on PC in 2014. That might so be it is long. interesting to see it's making its way this this long after. Yeah, but I think it's cool because it's. I mean, it's it's coming to a lot of platforms, so maybe that. I mean, it was critical acclaim, so I mean, you know, it's called Deadcore. Deadcore. Yeah, I don't know where I heard that from. That does sound really familiar, though. It looks cool. So um, you know. All right, next up, June's PS Plus games for North America have been officially announced. And I didn't I didn't report on this last week because I'm, I'm kind of weird on where I stand on rumors. Yeah. Uh, in the news, I, I'm, I'm still kind of deciding whether I want to include them. Well, like, and although this came out to be true. Depending on how big they are. This did come been. out to be true, but apparently the uh, PlayStation Turkey page for Twitter uh, tweeted out a picture that had um, Killing 4 and Life is Strange on it to allude that they would be the free games. Uh, and it had a PS Plus logo, uh, and that turned out to be true. So uh, let's see. The PS Blog showed this, and they announced that the following titles will be available for what I will always call the Instant Game Collection. I don't think they're actually calling that anymore, but that's what it was when it announced, like when it launched on yeah. PS3. <laughs> so that's just what I call it. I like the name. So the games are Killing Floor 2 for the PS4, Life is Strange for the PS4, and that is the whole season in case anybody's confused, it's not just one episode; it's the whole thing. Um, so that's the entire—that's the entirety of Life is Strange. Yes. So you won't need anything <clears> else aside from the the thing that was kind of spoiled today, the prequel. Do you see that? I don't know how I feel about that because it could be prequel, but it could also be stuff that they cut from the initial game. 
That's true. So yeah. I don't know. So I mean, this is the be-all package, though. If you wanted to enjoy this yeah. game. Now, there is a sequel, like we talked about. They're working on a sequel. All right, well, that's to be fair, it's about. another Life is Strange game. But here's the thing. The rumor that you're talking about with the prequel is actually coming from a different developer. Idle Minds have renamed themselves. I can't remember the new name. Uh, and they said they were working on a, a new game. And that's what people think with this art leaking oh. and stuff. It's They're working on a triple A title that's well-known, uh, critically acclaimed. Is that, it a triple A title, though? Mm-hmm. Life is Strange? Yeah. Yeah, it's a triple-A... Um, indie title? Triple, it's not even indie. It was Square Enix. What? Yeah, Square Enix put that out. You learn something new every day. I thought you knew that. No. Uh, so anyway, next game up is PS3 Abyss Odyssey. Uh, that's free for PS3. And then WRC5 World Rally Championship for PS3. And then the next two games are PS Vita and PS4 Cross Buys. Uh, Neon Chroma and Spy Chameleon. So Killing Floor looks interesting. I haven't played it yet, but Don, uh, Donovan, Jonathan and them played it for a little while. It does look interesting. I don't know. I'm going to have to try it. I like it from a graphical standpoint. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, it's, it's like really a horde-based game. Uh, yeah, I mean, the waves game, of enemies. The gameplay looks quick and fun. It just depends on what the gameplay loop is, whether I find it fun. But I'm also yeah. just, I don't know, dude. I'm really stuck on Diablo. I didn't think I would be as much. But finally, moving away from playing it on computer and playing it on consoles, it's like I, I knew I loved the game. But it was always such a pain to play on a computer. Specifically, this isn't just me bitching about PC gaming. I do it every now and then. But specifically because the game doesn't have controller support. And the way that that game makes you move. No, it's carpal tunnel. And I work on a computer all day and have carpal tunnel problems already. So fuck that. I get physically hurt me to play that game. Jesus. But me and Blaze did it. We beat it. And then we played some seasonal. But I've played now. I played more on PS4 than I ever did on console. I mean on PC now. So that's cool. Um good to finally work considering i've had that game for a while it's good to finally i tried it, it on his computer i didn't mind the controls but i know um well you you'll understand if played, you, you play more pc than me anyway yeah. but i think you'd understand if you mean if you played it you, i think you'd understand because even blaze would complain it's just blaze didn't care as much as i did hmm. so all right last thing up and that there is more to this like i said but it's this is gonna be the last thing i have on here uh quantic dream announced this week that heavy rain the ps3 darling that made its way to ps4 such a good game uh has exceeded 4.5 million sold across both consoles wow and now that is really impressive to me because of the type of game it is because that game released back in 2010 for PS3, for those who have not played it yet or have played it later. Uh, and that was kind of like a genre-defining game. It really made way for the Telltale games uh, and Life is Strange and these very na- narrative-driven, story-based games. And that game, it hasn't necessarily aged amazingly, but it's aged well enough. And I think if you haven't played it, it's a really good PS4 remaster. Uh, it looks really, good. Uh, it looks well from that perspective. It's just in terms of how the gameplay works, it's still really good and it's better than a lot of the telltale cause you have more direct control, but uh, it is, it's, it's just generally different. So, um, and it was a much better game than beyond ended up being uh, two souls, which I was not a that. bad game. Yeah. I heard that. Um, it just, man, when you come off of something as good as heavy better. rain, Oh man, it's really crazy to think that that's, you know, the way that ends up working. Uh, so, uh, what we wanted to do for the 10th episode, now that we're kind of through with the news, close my dead laptop. <laughs> uh, we, we thought it'd be interesting to kind of make this a more personal episode. Uh, definitely considering the way that we're having to do recording. Uh, and you know, 10th episode, 10 top 10 games, uh, and what we're doing. And we kind of gave ourselves some structure to what our games could and couldn't be. And what we ended up saying is that as long as it's a game that's released on PlayStation, so third party or exclusive, we're going to say that that's eligible. Right. Um, <clears throat> So our top 10 PlayStation games. Uh, now, Saul, how do you want to do it? you want to... 
We you want to just do... read our individuals and say why, or do we want to break off? And I think we should probably do our honorable mentions first. Yeah, we should do our honorable mentions first, and I think what we should do is we should do the uh, we should do them separately. Like we should go over our list and our reasoning, and then we we'll can we can talk about it, and then we can do like mine, and then go over it, and we'll talk about. Yeah, it. Yeah, because it's gonna be a that little weird because yours are numbered and mine are not. I have yeah. an impossible time trying to give it an actual number value to which one I thought was better. So yeah. mine's just a list of my top ten, and mine's literally, and they're just literally ten games that I love. And mine's uh, literally a countdown to top ten being one being the best. So um, his is not structured that way. So keep that in mind with these. <laughs> also, I don't know about you, but um, this is uh, not – a lot of people are going to think that this is – I don't know if a lot of people is the right way, but um, I don't want people to think that this is in terms of like technical greatness or anything. This is all stuff going back to nostalgia plus yeah, our experiences yeah. I mean, I guess it's games. good to say that. It's, it's yeah, our favorite just game a, for whatever reason. It's right, our favorite game. Right. I just mean, that it, way, it doesn't um, have to be any number one thing because I have a lot of memories with a lot of these things. And I mean, sometimes that's the way uh, that these end up coming in. Yeah, Because there's a lot of games I've played in my life where I'm like, man, there's just something about this game that really, really made me love it at the time. And it doesn't always mean that it's a great game. But it's a fun game, and it's, it's things that you had fun with. So, uh, Saul, you want to go ahead with your honorable mentions? Sure. So, now these aren't in any order. It's my top ten is. These are not. Um, so, we have Demon Souls being in there. I love that game. Um, if it wasn't for that game, getting me started on the Dark Souls kind of binge, that would have become one of my favorite games series of all time. Yeah. So, I think that was a, a good mention. We have Shadow of the Colossus. Another great, great PS2 to PS3 HD remastered game. Um, that almost got in my top 10. So, that's interesting. Um, Ico was a great game, but I love Shadows or Shadow way more than that. Um, yeah. Actually, I, we were talking about this earlier, and I actually seem to be wrong because I forgot. Horizon Zero Dawn did make it into my honorable mentions, and I'm actually... Uh, it, it, I'm going to go ahead and say fought, now... It fought a lot. This is this is the best top 10 I could come up with as I kept going on it. I know that this list is not... Once I've had more time away from Horizon, it will be somewhere in here. Well, it's it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of like mental battles with this. Is because you keep going over like what more you had. Fun well, because with. nostalgia hits later. Yeah. So I will have nostalgia for Horizon, but it's still fresh. And while it was an amazing game, it's just not like I haven't had enough time to really dwell on it and see where it stands in my mind to kick out something. Say like I've talked about it on here plenty of times, Resistance Three. Yeah. Like it's it's not going to kick that game out. Right. So it's it's um. It's interesting. And then the last two from my honorable mentions are Final Fantasy twelve and Final Fantasy ten. Both of those are great, great um, PS2 classic era of games that I love. Uh, both being the same you know, game series, but being two drastically different games with two drastically different stories. Uh, I actually am a huge fan of 12 Story. And I'm a huge fan of I thought 12, 12 Story was really cool. And actually, I'm glad that since it's finally coming out over here in July, I'm, I'm glad that it's... Um, it's the one that they went back and added on to, uh, and I can't even remember the name of it right now because it was actually originally a Japanese release, so there's actually quite a bit of new things for American Zodiac players. Zodiac Age? The, yeah, the Zodiac. Because uh, yeah. they added the Zodiac job system. Which yeah. I, which is actually kind of, they pulled that from the way that they did job systems uh, in 11 online. Uh, and I sense. thought that game was really cool. Was, with the battle because system, it makes sense that a lot. Game actually, that game kind of skirts the line between being a standard console RPG and also playing a little bit like an MMO. It's uh because it's got an active time system, but you freely move about. Yeah, and like when I was playing Final Fantasy fourteen online, 
Back like maybe a year ago, I played that game very heavily. Um, a couple hundred hours. To be hours. fair, and fourteen similar to eleven. Yeah, but not so much as eleven is the twelve. Not like the and but, even the then, button ways and stuff, but the way the enemies see you and aggro towards you, and the little yeah. line goes across. Now I don't know if that's still in fourteen or not, but um, I love fourteen a lot because of that reason. Um, that almost made it into this, but it's uh, just a really interesting way to pull. I mean, I like it because it does tell you clearly who who you're attacking. Yeah, yeah. When and you see uh, the line. Final Fantasy ten. That was um, we talked about that in our PlayStation first episode. Our first episode. Um, I just love that game very much. I play. I try almost play it every year. Um, this year I've been playing it back on Vita. So next year I'll probably end up playing it on PS4 or Vita. I don't again. have it on Vita, but I have it on PS4. I've been debating starting it up, but I have so many other games I really need to start up once I finally get my Diablo fix out. It plays really well. I don't know. think I'm going to get the Diablo Platinum literally this summer, at least not in one sitting. So I'm, I know I'm going to quit playing and take a break before too long because the hardcore trophies are going to really get me. I have to be slow and and really pay attention to what I'm doing. So Yeah. So do you All want right. to go to your honorable mentions and then we'll go back to me for a top 10 and then we'll, fi- yeah. we'll, okay, yeah, we'll finish with yours. Okay. All right. So my cool. honorable mentions, again, this is no actual, um, <laughs> same thing. This is no actual like order, order or anything. And actually I know that some of these I don't stand completely by because there's other games that just somehow are not on my brain. And that's crazy because, you know, I've had a lot of seminal experiences that, You'd be surprised that you can't think of them on the spot. Yeah, it definitely took me a couple hours to put this list together. I spent as long as I could, but it's just been such a crazy week. Uh, yeah. And, and I was really at war with myself on a lot of them. So, um, weirdly enough, pretty much my entire top ten list is going to be some form of exclusive. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I have any multi I do have multi-plats in my honorable mentions. And technically... You know, the well, you're kind of similar. All right, so mine, I'm just going to go from the bottom up, just how I have it listed. It doesn't really matter. Uh, one of them is Prince of Persia, the 2008 release that Which Ubisoft is put crazy. out. Crazy! I saw that on your list a second ago. Man, I really like that game. It had a really cool art style. I didn't and play. You know, it that was back whenever I, it, the PS the PS3 was still pretty new, and I hadn't had mine. Obviously, I got mine close to launch, so I hadn't had it right. terribly long, uh, and I was still poor and I didn't get to play a lot of games, so I had to be really careful with what I chose. And then I did some yard work for Gramps. Uh, and he ended up giving me money to go pick it up. It was seventeen ninety nine. I remember specifically. Uh, and me and Seth just sat here and played it. That game was four dollars when I bought. It. You remember that day yeah. I bought it? Uh, you had like never three played years it ago. That, though, yeah, right? I, I never played it. That game was three ninety nine. Did you like it when you played it? Did you beat it? I didn't beat it. I, I Dude, got, it's a really interesting game because it's such a different take on Prince of Persia. Because they change out the big group horde battles and the and the little. It's forgiving in in a similar way where you can't die because if you fall. She swoops up and picks yeah. you up. Uh, but, you know, they kind of pull back from the whole sand control and stuff. And they just, they really made a game that I felt like. And obviously, Nolan North being the prince in that game melts my heart because I love Nolan North. Yeah. Um, Our compass is always pointing north. <laughs> uh, that was a terrible joke. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Prince of Persia 2008, from a standpoint of graphics, I thought the game was very beautiful. And I liked the focus and the emphasis on singular battles. So when you played, when you fought something, it was always pretty much one of them. And you saw its health bar at the bottom. And it was very, you had to think. You had to parry at the right moments. You had to block at the right moments. You had to think about your attack. And it was, it made a singular battle have a lot more tension. And right. I thought that was a really interesting way to pull that game off because it kind of adds, like, you know, when you're playing a uh, turn-based game and you're fighting a boss and the tension's there because it's turn-based and there's one boss and you don't really know what's going on. You're yeah, like, oh, you have oh, to really, really configure its moveset. And definitely from a game that came off of being really focused around big horde-style battles with a lot of, you know, the way the other games worked out with a lot of them coming around you. Yeah. I won't necessarily say horde, but there were big, there were big groups. Uh, so I thought that game was great. Uh, next game up, Rayman Origins. Specifically, I played it for the Vita, and, oh, man... What a great platformer. 
that was a really early Vita game for me that I just loved. I thought it was really fun. I still need to get that. Uh, too. And man, art style for that game is great. And actually, I want to say Rayman Legends. So many people love. I tried playing it, could not get into it. Something about it that it just lost the soul that I loved from the first game. Um, but it was still a fine game. I just dropped it and couldn't end up. Fine. And I, maybe it was the right time, right place for Rayman. But I've always liked the Rayman games, and Rayman Origins was just really well made. And it was definitely for an early Vita game. It showed what the Vita could do. Yeah. So. Uh, next thing up is a PSP game, and it was a launch PSP game, and I fucking love this game. I, I play, I have it on my Vita. I literally play it still to this day. It's called Untold Legends: Brotherhood of the Blade, and what it is is it's a Diablo-ish style. It's a top-down third-person isometric uh, dungeon crawler game. I think I remember that game. Uh, and it's man, it was really good. Uh, it was made by the people over. I think it's Daybreak now, uh, but they were Sony Online Entertainment. Uh, the people who made uh, DC Universe online and uh, Ooh, yeah. stuff like that. Uh, they got, Sony sold them and they became Daybreak Studios, if I'm not mistaken, that's the name. Um, they made that and then they made a sequel for the PSP that was called Untold Legends, The Warrior's Code. And it changed up the art style and it, and it was a good game. Uh, and I did beat it and I liked the game a lot actually, but it just didn't have that same feel. And I think it was because this, man, this game came out back whenever we were really, we didn't have a ton of money. I mean, even less than when I got the PS3. Yeah. And I somehow managed to get a PSP from my mom. And the only game... I told her if she, it, if she managed to get me one, the only game I wanted was Untold Legends at launch. Because I was like, I saw it and I was like, holy shit. And I've always... Like, I loved Diablo 2 back in the day. thought that game was great. Do so, you remember Rin Goku? Yeah. That was my first PSP, uh, PSP game. Oh, okay. Well, that was a kind of an game, to be yeah, fair. It was a very an game. Uh, but, man, Untold Legends is super fun, and you could play it with other people. And I had a bunch of friends that had happened to have uh, PSPs, so we would actually co-op that game. And That's it, pretty I cool. I thought that was a really fun way to do it. So, and, and I just I love those style games anyway. They actually put out Untold Legends for PS3 that I also really liked. Um, so, next thing up on my list is... I love the Sly games. I have just a really big piece of my heart that is just, I, I love them. It's so hard to put it in the top 10, though, because I kept trying to and I couldn't nudge it out in any way. Uh, so I went specifically with Sly 2. Sly 2's gameplay changed up from the first one and kind of gave that open world hub where it was like you're in an area and there's missions that you walk to and you, and you start them. Uh, and that game was just really pretty. Um, and then specifically, if I want to say which one, it, the HD remake was really pretty, uh, and it really handled the game extremely well. So the Sly Collection. Uh, that, uh, so that never that's made it my, to PS4, did it? No, not yet. Not yet. It needs to. I don't know if it will, because some people are kind of tired of that. So my last step on my honorable mentions is a game that I feel like doesn't even really need a lot, because I think if you've played it, you understand why I love it oh, so much. yes. Dead Space 2. That game... Daycare scene. Dude, that game is so good. That It's very rare that games really scare me. Or give me a really bad sense of uneasiness. And that game just kept me fucking... There's these little... I call them kangaroo-looking things. But they're like little raptor kangaroo things that like look like this and they run. And like they're super fast. Them things are... I was going to say, them things are fast. And they make, they're like... like they make this really, really weird noise. This shit blows my mind. Anyway, dude. Me and Blaze are playing, right? Actually, Blaze was playing in the living room. He's playing DC Universe. And I was playing in the bedroom. And <laughs> that was when my bedroom was up here. Because we live with Grandpa. Um, holy shit, dude. I screamed at my TV. <laughs> like the one of the fucking things turned and I saw shadows. It was the very first time you come across them in the game. Yeah. And I saw the shadow and I was like, what the fuck is that? And then I hear that. Like, 
And I was like, what the fuck? And then I turn around, right? I'm looking for it. I turn around and it's running at me super fucking fast. And it's right there in my face. And as soon as I turn around and I went, And that's not too far in the game, is it? That's only like three hours in. Yeah, it's not too terribly far, but it was far enough to where I like, and you got to know like back then, dude, I would play games with my surround sound. I I took my my system up to my surround sound and I would turn all my lights off and I would make sure I play the game in dark at, like at night. Yeah, I, I like the, That's the like, experience. Not necessarily gonna say immersion, but it definitely distractions were not there, so he's a little more scared. So that's my last one. Uh, gonna go ahead and go into your top ten since yours sure. are so beautifully structured. And I'm actually I'm interested because I, I haven't seen yours. You're kind of peeking at mine right now. Yeah, because I'm lazy and put it on a laptop. So there's a couple on here I think that might surprise you. Um, so number ten. This is a game, I've marked these in a weird way, too. Um, surprised I don't have a spreadsheet. Um, there are two games uh, on this list I try to play yearly, and this is one of them. And I always try to play this specific one at the fall. Uh, the Last of Us. Yes, The Last of Us. Just because so, you said fall. Yeah, I love playing that game and when it's cold outside, or more, or it's more chilly than it is in this uh, Texas. Is it Arkansas so when you heat? get to the winter scene, you feel a little more? No, no, I don't know what it is. Um, the very first time I played that, well, it's, it is because the very first time I played that game, it was rainy outside. It was cold. I had the weekend. And it's off, kind of that nostalgia play. And I dug into it. Yeah. So that's number 10. I love that game. Um, I haven't played it this year. Like I said, I'm waiting for it to be cold. But number nine on the list, Metal Gear Solid 3. Now, this could be either Substance or Snake Eater. Either, either one. Or, you don't um, have a preference? I like them both for the exact same reason. The camera. Because the uh, subsistence is the classic isometric kind of style camera. Locked camera. And then three is, uh, well, Snake Eater is the the behind third person camera that followed for the rest of the games. Yeah, so, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm actually going to say, dude, I thought that was so much better. Yeah, I, I, I will. I will say from a classic Metal Gear Solid feel, you know when you played one and two, and then you yeah. go back into it and it's got that camera. Yeah, it did feel right, but it really, in terms of like, the nostalgia you have behind the series, but in terms of like the way that the game controlled, it really needed that free motion camera. Yeah. And see, I like, I like both the camera angles about equally. So it works out really well. Um, number eight on the list, Castlevania symphony of night. That is a really good game. It is. And I love Metroidvanias, but I could not. Well, and see, I played this the same time. I couldn't put it on my list, man. I do love that game, though. I I played it the same time I played the Metroid Fusion games on Game Boy Advance. And I feel oh like Lord, if you're so it was late to everything, it, yeah, yeah, it is. True. I should have thought about that though. Well, you this talking is the about same you didn't summer. Really play PlayStation. It's the same summer that I got the PS One and I have Final Fantasy Seven. Oh, uh, yeah. But if it wasn't for that game, it wasn't for the the Metroid games on Game Boy. I probably wouldn't be into two D platformers like I am now, and that has been a big part of my gaming life. So I can really owe that series a lot for that main that main game. Well, yeah, and then and, just uh, generally the Castlevania and Metroid games for giving that genre life because there's a lot of yeah. Metroidvanias I love. Um, like Axion Verge is great and Shovel Knight are great, and those weirdly are two enough, I dude. Weirdly enough, one of my favorite is actually Batman Arkham Origins Blackgate for the Vita. And yeah, 3DS. I remember you telling me about dude, that one. Super fun. And you would not think that trying to translate the Batman Arkham gameplay Into to a, a 2D, 2D yeah. Metroidvania would work. It fucking totally did. Yeah. It's super good. It was really fun, and it still kept the the combo base uh, um, where you could dodge and, you know, all your combo-based combat. Yeah. Um, and you could still cool. dodge and everything, but it was just on a 2D, on a 2D plane. Well, that was all. And, and it was 2.5D, actually, just so weird. And we'll know, see. Um, for those who haven't played it. I never played it. I've always wanted to. I might pick it up on Vita for the Dracul. Uh, it's on Dracula Vita, but Chronicles fair, X. Is that part like when you beat the game you on PSP, it. the PSP version of it? Yeah, you, you unlock uh, Symphony of the Night. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say though is, if you, I'm pretty sure they did uh, Arkham Origins Blackgate on PS4. 
I did a, a re-release of it. I typically and I typically would, don't I, like platformers it, on handheld or on home systems. It, it was better on from what I've played of both on PS4. It just felt no, it felt more right like, on, Vita. on Vita, and that's where I played it. Handhelds Vita. are for me are, are typically the best for uh, platformers. But um, anyways, moving on to number seven on the list, we have Persona Four, and this is like Metal Gear Solid Three. It can be golden or it can be the original PS2 classic. I, either one, I love that game. So much. Uh, it's uh, the, when you compare them to Persona Four to Persona Five, and you compare the stories. I like Persona Four's a little bit more. Persona Five, can, it's a little more darker on for some people. And for Persona Four, it's a little more darker on. I don't know whose phone that was. It's mine. Okay. Uh, and I, I, um, I just really enjoy the story of that game. And that was the first Persona game I ever played. So that was the first Persona game I ever dug my nails into and really spent. 80 odd hours and I didn't even finish it on that playthrough and I went back and played it and beat it again but it's the fact that playing for 80 hours I never got to beat the game and that is just so much enjoyment I would say that if you can find a used Vita for cheap I have that game, would be worth it for buying a Vita I have a game that's similar in terms of it was long and it just kept going but man I don't know there's actually that's that's one of the things that keeps me from wanting to play Persona it, is I don't have enough time to sink 80, 80 hours into the a thing, game and still not beat it well yeah and the thing about Persona is and, I, and you know I'm not big on turn based now don't wrong I know it's a little true, bit different yeah. on turn based because I did play it on Reptar's Vita for like 20 minutes one day it's, it's a little now, weird and I know it, 20 minutes is not enough to experience Persona but I experienced the battle system and that's all I need. and right. it wasn't early it was like he was midway through the game because he loves that game as well Oh yeah, it's a great game. So it's a game that I don't have anything to say on. I think it, it looks great, and obviously people love it, and it was a great thing for the Vita, so that's cool. And uh, I like Teddy more than Morgana, so or Morgana. That's all. So what are you thing. on number five? I'm on number six. That was number seven. Number six was Crisis Core, <laughs> Final Fantasy VII. It was a PSP game. Uh, I love. You know, a lot of people will say that you need to play that game and play seven to understand the entire story. I don't think that's the case. I think you're somewhere in that ballpark where it, oh, no, here's, here's I think my it point. sheds light on seven. Here, here's my point. But man. it's not required. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Seven's, seven's plot is shallow without this. I think it shines some light on seven's plot. I don't think it's shallow. I just think it's not. Without I, this game, I, I seven's like still it, perfect. I feel like it. I disagree. But then again, I think that seven is a very overhyped game. Now, here's the thing. I want to go ahead and say Crisis Core Final Fantasy seven, just to get that out of the way, is on my top 10 list as well. It is one of my favorite games ever. So and it is. Dude, it, the fact that it is not somehow, you can't even get it. Or you can't play it on Vita because it was never a purchase. It was never digitally available on PSP. So the backwards compatibility doesn't come in there. It's not um, remade. They, they never did a remaster, which fucking blows my mind because that game is. It, it, I mean, dude, that game is fucking amazing yeah uh, that game just plays so well it's one of my favorite rpgs angel genesis the, Zach, story, dude, the characters are great saying, dumb apples so here's the thing. even though you think seven's perfect are, are you telling me right now that you do you think which one do you think story's better well that was now, number fair, six on my list number five on my list is final fantasy seven and you think final fantasy seven story is better i think final fantasy seven story game is more deep i think I think that getting into Midgar, you can get in all these characters. You can get into, you know, there's so much more depth in a way because there's not a lot you can visit outside of Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core in terms of story that you can visit. You know, a lot of people, they also, I'm also a huge fan of Advent Children. I love that movie. I know it's not for So many people hated it. I know. I love that movie. I thought it was movie. cool. Um, but, but to be fair, it really it did almost nothing from a story standpoint for that world, in my opinion. We'll see. I I'll, mean, don't get me wrong. There's stuff there, but dude, it was just like 
it was cool and I liked it, but it was super unnecessary. I think that, and see, this is another weird thing for me is that this game battled with Final Fantasy VI. Even though you can technically get Final Fantasy VI on the Vita store, right, as a classic, um, it battled for that spot, and it didn't even make it in honorable mentions. Final Fantasy VI did it, despite that being my favorite Final Fantasy, because a lot of this stuff, and this is what I was saying earlier, is going off the memories and the experiences I had. Well, see, I get why it's uh, why it's higher on your list than Crisis Core, but I just, dude, I, I mean, I will. I think Crisis Core. Has, I will have to agree to disagree with you that Crisis Core. See, well, here's is, how I stand. I think is the far better game. I think Sevens in terms of story has a ten out of ten story, and I think Crisis Core has a nine point eight out of ten story. I think that the story for Crisis Core is very predictable. I can predict. I predicted everything that was going to happen in that story. Well, now, to, it, to it, it fair, is a prequel, but I'm talking prequel, about with the characters. I, I don't even, I, man. I don't see how you could predict any of that stuff with Genesis but, and Angel. Well, we will say you don't want to spoil it for people. I don't, I'm not saying what it is. Even but though, I'm saying, if you let you have a PSP, you can't. What I, well, what I mean it. is, like, I don't see how you could have predicted that at all. It was very because it, now, all, now just. It's very similar to Seven. I'll because, just say that. Well, to be fair, yes, it was supposed to play on a similar story beats, right. but it was supposed to actually give Seven. It was supposed to make Seven's events, as far as Cloud's concerned, make sense. Right. And that's that's and what it, I always it, say. And, and that's kind of like what it story, did was, as far as what Cloud Cloud's involvement in Seven. It seems so out of place. Well, this just shed light on even when I was on a kid and I played Seven. Man, I was, exactly. like, I was like, this makes no fucking sense. Now, everybody else's story, great. Aerith. Eris, Eris, but I yeah, call her Eris because I'm a Kingdom Hearts fan. I apologize, um, and that's what they called her in Kingdom Hearts One. Uh, but oh yeah, they did. Um, they? Yeah, that's where they changed it. Uh, but really, I, I thought Eris was great. I thought her, 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 her involvement in the story is fine. I also actually thought that Sephiroth's character development in Seven was awful. What? It's very similar to a character in Crisis Core. I, I, where the whole good guy, bad guy thing. It's very, that's how you can predict Crisis Core so well. No, don't be wrong. That's why you can predict Crisis Core, but the way they built into Sephiroth made, it, it was it was done much better and it made you sympathize with, with Sephiroth way more in Crisis Core than you ever did in 7. That's true, but I still like Sephiroth in 7 being the bad guy for why he is the bad guy. No, I think he's a great bad guy in both games. And... and he just looked so cool for me being 13 years old playing this game. Again, too. way fucking cooler in Crisis Core. That's true. And I've been children, uh, technically after Kadaj and all three of them. Yeah, well, but, also um, I just want to say, dude, what a fucking powerhouse of a game for to show off what the PSP can do. Oh, Crisis Core. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, go on past Final well, Fantasy seven, 7 number 5, right? Right. And then number 4, a game I wish they would remake oh so dearly. Or at least just include a new... Kind of a expansion or not expansion, but a new base game, Final Fantasy Tactics. And this time, I'm going with War of the Lions. Okay, well, the here, here's to be fair, uh, yeah, War of the Lions is definitely better. Yeah, and I'm not saying that because Cloud's in it, because you get Cloud at level one. Cloud, was, late, in the, Cloud late. was in the original. I don't remember that. I yeah. thought Cloud was specifically in War of the Lions. Nope, he's in both. I actually, I'm, if I'm not even mistaken, I think you get him the exact same way in both games. Yeah, level one when you're all level. I forgot what level you are. You're too hot for him, and you can spend time grinding him out. Dude, if you out, grind him out, though, I he's did. really fucking good. I, yeah, I did that. Um, um, but the, the, that game is great. Uh, War of the Lines, I actually thought, because the way that it chose to flesh out the cutscenes really helped. The, the art was beautiful. It really was. I man. actually may go buy that game on PS Vita as the classic, because it's only nine ninety nine. I think. You didn't get it for free as PS Plus? When was this? Three, four years ago. No. Oh, dude, I have I it. sure didn't. Hey, I have it, and it's War of the Lines specifically, uh, right. and we can co-op it. Or well, what I mean, we can battle each other. Yeah, that'll be fun. Dude, um, fuck it, we should do that. But uh, I love that game. You know, if it wasn't for that game, I say that with a lot of these games. But um, 
I wouldn't like Disgaea, you know, Fire Emblem. Actually, I've been really wanting to get back into Disgaea. They, uh, it came out on the Switch, and I may buy it on the Switch. Well, I'm actually talking about 3 and 4. Oh, yeah. Uh, I really like 3, but 4 storyline is super... 3's on PS3 only, right? Or is it on PS4? 3's on Vita, and uh, 4's on Vita. And I have... Uh, oh, three, I didn't know that. 3 was free as a PS Plus game. Yeah. Let's not spend too much time on that. Yeah. Those, but go ahead. So the next two games are going to be somewhat kind of weird. But number 3, Devil May Cry 3. Now... Is number 2 Devil May Cry something else? No. Uh... <laughs> But Devil May Cry 3 was the last game I played in the series, and this is back before 4 was a thing. Um, the timeline was something that was always kind of weird with these games, because it should go, if I remember correctly, 3, 4, 1, 2, or 3, 1, two four, is, 2. 2 something. is the oldest. 3 is the first. Yeah. Um, and I love 1 very, very much. Uh, and it was really cool to see that 1 was originally a Resident Evil game. I think 4 takes place after 1. They got canned. You might be right. Um, no, backstory-wise, Devil May Cry is extremely interesting. Oh, yes. Uh, and yeah, actually, and I'll say, the devil, I'll say those games are great. Uh, one's Lock Cameron. No. Well, you know it's going to be a Resident Evil game. Yeah, I know. And I, before, I, I understand every bit of that. And I think that's why uh, the Lock Camera thing was a, a whole it was. deal. It was. But um, the whole the boss battles in that game are great. The difficulty in that game was fantastic. Now, what, which game did you say was your favorite? Three. Three, okay. Yeah, three is great. I mean, three is a really good game. I loved. I got the and original that game one. Is fucking hard. If you if you try the original one, is way harder than special edition. We covered this in I think the first episode. But um, what is it in the special edition one? You can unlock Nero. I mean, not Nero, Virgil, and you can play as Virgil. And that made and it that easier. was really cool. But to be fair, the game really wasn't. There are people that say that there was like small things. I'm oh. one of those people. I played both of them, and I don't really believe that that the, it was really any easier. The succubus boss battle on the original took me four or five hours and a broken controller. The on the special edition or the um, the PlayStation Classic or the whatever the red. Well, it wasn't that. It was just, it was Dante's Awakening. That's right. Yes, it wasn't um, even. It wasn't a classic. I beat the it was succubus. a re-release with Vir, with Virgil in it. I beat the succubus on the very first try. Um, it was a whole lot easier to, to beat. To be fair, you than, to be fair, you also had experience with the game at that. Point. Well, I had a lot of experience with Devil May Cry One and stuff. Like, well, I'm talking about you had, It was only the succubus you, that really had, gave me trouble. You had specifically experience with Devil May Cry Three, and then Dante's Awakening. You're just playing the same boss. Yeah, even, that even, same boss though. That's even if they balanced it troubles. a little. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, number two. Kingdom Hearts 2. You're one of them plebs. Uh, they like Kingdom Hearts 2 more than 1? Yeah, but I know going why. Back, Nostalgia. Going, and it was, it, you played 2 before you played 1, didn't you? Yeah, and going back into the 1.5 and 2.5 collection, it's just 2 is so much more enjoyable to play than 1 was. Um, 1 is much more true to an RPG, and that's actually why I like it so much. I, I guess I kind of disagree harder. there. 1 is definitely harder. 1's uh, a harder game, like and that's because of the reaction better, commands. Besides Stupid Little Mermaid World. And see, that's actually the bloatware into is a part of the reason why the filler worlds. I never consider it uh, as as my favorite Kingdom Hearts. Well, that was the only world that I actually disliked into. Uh, I don't think I ever had a problem with I, any I, other world into. I gotta say, don't get me wrong; it wasn't terrible. But the I, mermaid level, the the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean level was just. Easy. I like that level. Don't get me wrong; it wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah, it I wasn't bad at it. all. I, it was fun, but it, it okay. This is what I mean by which one's better. Uh, specifically speaking, I think Kingdom Hearts one. I know we're taking a little while. Yeah, that's awesome. But uh, Kingdom Hearts one uh, felt more cohesive from a story perspective, and and, yeah. and part of that comes Dude, from part of that of comes from the fact that there's not as near as complex shit in it. But don't get me wrong, I love the complexity of the Kingdom Hearts series. It's just that one, the worlds and the way they come together, and the general story, and the, I mean, the way that Riku bounces around is great. Push the mouse for me. 
I don't I don't know how this computer works if it falls asleep and it, crashes. It doesn't, it okay. doesn't at all. Um, number one. You're giving away our trade secrets, man. You can't let them know we use Mixcraft 7 on a Windows 10 PC. No, we use a Mac. Number one, Bloodborne. Now, That's this, not surprising at all. It's not. Great game. I love that game. This it's just not in my top ten. That I marked as a yearly play. Um, I have to play this game every single year. Now, sad to say, this may be the last year. Because Bloodborne 2. No, because I played it in January and I platinumed it. So I have no reason to go back you unless it's more? just to play it. It's just um, fun. It is. I got kind of worn out with the uh, the last trophy I needed was the Queen of Yarnum trophy. And chalice I had to go dungeons. through the Chalice Dungeons. So that's actually going to be somewhat of a, because we have some viewer mail after this topic. Yeah. That's going to be kind of leading into that. But, okay. uh, well, I'm going to hop over. I'm going to try not to spend too long on mine because I've talked a lot through yours. I apologize. No, no, it's fine. Uh, and, and luckily some of them actually do line up. So I've yeah. already talked about Kingdom Hearts 1. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get that out of the way. I think Kingdom Hearts 1 is a far superior game to 2. Uh, I could see that. Uh, but I also think there's a little more of a drive behind 1. Uh, and it's got that it, It's got that creative kind of... It, I have a similar thing with artists uh, in terms of like uh, band artists uh, where I think that a lot of the times it's the it's the... It's the fact that you don't always know what you're doing and you have a little bit of self-doubt that leads you to make some really great stuff. Because I think a lot of artists' first album, they have, and I mean, this is true, they call it a sophomore slump, where you have a really hard time having your second album do as well as your first album. Right, because you get the... the because there's something like... Because I, I still, to this day, I think Hybrid Theory is a much better album than Meteora. Uh, more, uh, yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know if it's going off a music topic, but what I mean is it's just leading, it lends credence to what I'm talking about is that a lot of people view that the same way. Yeah, I like Meteora a lot more, but Meteora... Oh, no, they're both fucking great Yeah, albums. I'll say Meteora, Meteora has some of my favorite songs on it, but this isn't a yeah. music podcast, which would be a welcome, cool idea. Welcome to Music Podcast with Saul and Brett. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to make... Okay, so Kingdom Hearts is there. Uh, One I want to talk about, and this is something that's very near and dear to my heart. I love this game so much. Uh, Infamous 2. Second Son was a great game, but there's a lot of people that's their first game in the series, and I really feel like if you have not played Infamous 2, and I have a big hope that Infamous 1 and 2 come over to the PS4 in a uh, remastered sense, uh, because Infamous 2 is a really phenomenal game when it comes to storytelling and the way that your gameplay choices, uh, like your karma choices affect the game because the game really plays off of the gray areas where you have kind of a a neutral it's not even that it's actually the what i mean by gray areas is it's a it's a decision where the good makes sense and there's a reason why you choose it outside of just being good but the bad also makes sense and there's a reason you would choose it outside of just motivations because something about uh similar games when you play second son you're just either being a dick or you're just being good. And like, there's no gray area. You either know yeah. what you're doing is just you're being a dick. Uh, and, and actually, man, I'm going to say the bad ending for that game. I, I did not like at all. Of uh, second son. Of second son. Now the, the, one of the best game endings I've ever played infamous two, and the way that it plays the ending, it flips the whole game on its head. And uh, I, I don't want to spoil anything. I really do think if you've never played that game, you should. And if you've played it, I think you understand exactly what I'm talking about. So next up on my list, heavy rain, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I think sure this is a game 
this is a game that pulled me into this genre, and it was actually the, one of the first games of this genre anyway, uh, in, in, a, in a sense of consoles for sure. I think Quantic Dream are a great developer. I'm extremely excited to see how uh, Detroit Become Human turns out. I cannot wait for that uh, game. And man, Heavy Rain is just, it's a thriller, it's a psychological thriller, and it plays between four different characters. And I really, between really them. need to play this game. Dude, I'm, I'm telling you, the game is so good, and, and don't ever spoil the story for yourself because you will really enjoy it if you play it. Uh, don't run this couple of campy parts and it was very early with trying to do motion capture and stuff to get these really lifelike performances. So there's a couple of things that are kind of odd. Like there's a sex scene that's a little weird, but it's not bad. And it definitely doesn't attract from the fact that the game as a whole is amazing. There was another sex scene in a video game very recently, and I can't think of what it was. And I, I was thinking back to this last night for some odd reason. The Witcher. No, no. I actually, the sex, the sex scenes in The Witcher are actually pretty well done from a standpoint of they're not awkward, in my opinion. They feel right when you do them. It was just something something I played recently. I can't think what it was. And I just triggered the memory again. Right, next up, I really, this is technically cheating, but I'm going to give the the near, and and obviously I love this game so much that I wanted to give it away, uh, but it's the near franchise. Uh, and there's only near and near Automata, even though they technically play into the Drakengard world as a whole. Man, those games, and I really love Yoko Taro. He's a really, really great director. Uh, Did you he, see his Life is Unfair he, Q&A? He is a very, very interesting man. I tweeted that. Oh, did you? I Squared page. Man, he's a, he's a very interesting guy, and he tells very interesting stories. His games, while not always... And that's what made Nier Tomina so great, is it ran extremely well, it looked beautiful, and it, it told a great story. Glory Nier, to mankind. Nier did not necessarily look fantastic. I really wish that we got the... And it didn't necessarily the, run fantastic. I really but wish we got game. the other character in the States. Uh, the young Nier? Yeah, I like his art style a lot more than the older... Uh, I will say though, from a from a standpoint of what, and I get why they did it. From a standpoint of what Americans view, the the father daughter relationship definitely pulled more than the brother sister, Uh, and and there is a very different feel. Uh, And and I mean, and this sounds like I'm not trying to just be some weird Mike preacher, but as a father, now I actually appreciate Nier even more. Oh well, I can't say that. It it sounds extremely weird, but man, it's like you don't think that having a kid is going to change you as much as it does, but it does. Uh, and, and that's part of actually another reason I love that game so much. So if you haven't played the first Nier and you have a PS3, uh, play it. Uh, there's also talk about them remaking the first Nier for the PS4. Uh, and if they use the same crew that made Nier Automata, which is Platinum uh, and Square. It'll be great. I, I think that that's a really, that would be a fantastic thing. So I hope to see more games in that universe, or at least a Guard 4. That would be a dope E3 announcement because Nier Automata blew my fucking mind. I never thought it would happen because the first game sold so poorly. We've already talked about Crash's Core Final Fantasy VII. Won't go into that anymore. Kingdom Hearts talked about. So uh, Crash Bandicoot Warped. I talked about that a little bit on the first episode. Uh, and man, I'm even more hyped on it since all this shit with the Insane Trilogy has been showing Warped gameplay. Yeah, that, uh, and it looks really good too. That yeah, Warped, Very surprisingly. Warped has got so much charm. And I, I think all three of the games have got so much charm. But Warped was my favorite. Outdoes it, yeah. Um, man, that game was just, the way they did animations, death animations, they, there's a lot of love and care in that game. And all the games did have that. The time trials really added up and the way they added like the bazooka cannon and stuff like that. Um, love that game. So I'm not going to go too much far into it because I've already talked about it a little bit. Uh, Last of Us, we briefly we, we briefly talked about it with you. Yeah. And I'm actually going to say it's pretty high on my list. Uh, I think The Last of Us is probably the best example of storytelling in a video game that exists. It's great. Um, and that's saying, and I love Heavy Rain. The Fireflies and I love and everything. Too. But, I mean, it was a very, and, and some people say that the story, in, in terms of what it's about, like the subject matter, 
in cordyceps or no or like the father-daughter thing well the father-daughter thing but again that's not what makes the game great that's not what makes the storytelling great it's the way that the characters interact with each other and the way the characters build with each other especially the ending character development is 100% the best I've ever seen in the game and I am so stoked for The Last of Us 2 I can't wait them giraffes Um, so next up and this is one of those things where I think there are better games but God of War 3 is my favorite in the series from a standpoint. That's the only one of, I haven't played. Man, three is so brutal, and man, I just love that game. And it was a, it was still an early time where I couldn't get every PS3 game I wanted, so I had to be very picky. Um, Which one's Chains of Olympus? Is it the PSP game? PSP was that was the first one. Okay, PSP. I, I never. So it was the first game, but on PSP, it was, or was the, it, the, it the was first? the first one for PSP. Got it. Chains okay. of Olympus can, never played that one. Chains of Olympus. Uh, Chains of Olympus is a prequel. It happens before one. That's unusual. Leads so into one his whole life thing. Yes. Uh, well, no. After his wife, but before the events of one where he's trying to uh, oh. kill himself. Uh, if you haven't played, if you don't know that much about God of War at this point, then I apologize. Yeah, no, um, we won't say much more because you need to play these. games Yeah, and then the Ghost of Sparta takes place between two and three. Four comes out. Oh, I'm sorry. Before one and two, uh, yes, yeah. he unusual. was he was still a god. So Ghost of Sparta also a great game. If you have a PS3 and you could get the Origins collection. Very, very good games. Ready at Dawn developed those. That's the same people that made the order. And that almost made my list, but I just couldn't. I love that game. Uh, next up, we've talked about it, Resistance 3. Resistance 3 is the best in the series. I don't, yeah, I don't have to say much more about that. There are people that disagree. If you like the more military aspects of shooters, and you're going to like 1 and 2 better, uh, 3 was, had a much more personal story, and it felt bigger in scope and size. And again, it added that, father, it added that father-daughter family feel to it, and it added depth to a game that was that didn't have a lot of depth. I love 2. I thought two was great. I loved one because it was a very inventive game and it was really fun and co-op was great. But three is definitely the nearest and dearest to my heart. Uh, last on my list is Tales of Zillia. And man, I played Tales, game, Tales games prior, but I never let myself get lost in them. I, I liked them. I thought they were good, but I just didn't care. And it's funny, Tales of Zillia pulled me in. And I, you remember when I played it because I remember I let you borrow it. Yeah, I'll say you were Dude. heavily encapsulated in that game. That game was so good. And that's time. actually the game I was talking about on my list where the game just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. It's like every time I thought the game was going to end, it just four more hours. kept going. And, and, and it wasn't even a bad way. Like it, it would go forward and I'm like, this is some crazy shit and this storyline's cool. To me, that's how Persona 4 was. But see, it didn't go on that long. I think that my, my time overall for Zillia was maybe 30 or 40 hours. And oh, I thought that right. game was like 80 or 90. I could be lying. I don't know, dude. I played that game fucking nonstop. I'd get off work and just play until I went to bed. Well, the last Tales game I played was Symphony. Or wait. Symphony? That was a GameCube one, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, had, that had the main character with the red coat on, right? And the brown hair? Whatever that was. That's what that Red was. coat, brown hair. That might have been Symphony. I'm trying to remember because Abyss was white coat, red hair. Yeah. So that was the last I can't remember I that dude's name right now. Yeah. So that's it for mine. I know that we spent a long time on that. And I actually apologize. But hey, look, you know a little bit more about why we love, what games we love and exactly why we love sorry you, you lazy piece of shit i'm relaxed right, so going into viewer mail uh last episode we uh asked mr rj loki one of our uh our, our earlier fans our boy our dude uh the the what is he the the gaming postal worker or whatever his twitter yeah <laughs> <is>. very clever <laughs> um i can't remember what the hell it is but i like it uh so we had him we asked him to give us a couple questions and he gave us some like a like a nice viewer Good, good friend of the show at this point. It's two very well questions. Okay, great so questions. and and I'm really still kind of in between on this. I've been thinking about it since he sent it to me. But yeah. his first question is hardest platinum we've gotten. Saul, I feel like I know the answer to yours. Is it sound shapes? It is. 
I thought so. Like, seriously, I hate that game. God damn uh, game. There's too much. Like, the game was perfectly fine up until the uh, nightmare levels or whatever they're called. And see, and, that, and that's what it is, is that the, the, the platinuming made the game worse. <laughs> in, in, in a uh, way. Incorporated in, in a side-scroller game like that, you should never have RNG. And there was too much RNG. There were things that you had to because wait for the, can't, the level to spawn properly. You can't, so you yeah, could, you yeah. Can't so, like, I got that. You I, can't learn it. I reinstalled that game twice. I was, I was chilling out. I was listening to some really, really old Game Over Greggy stuff playing it got so mad i deleted it i'm like i'm not getting this platinum i, I told myself i'm not doing it Fuck it. like a day later i was like you know what i'm gonna download it again and try it again I, so, i'm proud of you man you that's what you I didn't did. let the game beat you no, so like what i'm probably gonna say is mine uh i didn't let terraria beat me i i'm, 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 I'm gonna be honest with you need to get that there were, you know we talked about a lot i didn't think i was ever gonna get that platinum I'm very surprised too because I thought we were. I just thought it took people because of the the pumpkin raid or whatever it was. It, we yeah, had number of with. people so we can get enough people. Yeah, I'm proud of us for doing it. Well, because I've got a lot it of it's yet. like pet stuff was really hard. But, Stupid rainbow slime. Um, and man, I have people asking me to help them get this platinum. I'm about to be gone for a week and a half. So, oh well. Sorry. Uh, or a week, not a week and a half, but you know. Uh, let's see. So that, I say that's probably mine. The most annoying platinum I've gotten is Mod Nation Racers because that game has so much stuff beyond my control. Uh, and that was just the user stuff. So when you kill the game late, it's, it's near impossible to get that game. That's not a second question, by the way. That's just us inputting stuff. Because I thought that first you were talking about that's the second question. Oh, no. Yeah. So, most annoying And actually, I thought that when he first sent it to us as well, I, I was like, clarify, do you mean a game that was so hard to platinum that we just put it down? Yeah. But that's not what Whereas, he meant. So yeah. a game we had to put down. And, you know, actually, I, I struggle to figure out what how I want to take this question. Is it a game that you love so much, but you just have to put it down because it's getting in the way of other games? No, I think it's just open-ended. I think it's a game that you just had to put down because you weren't enjoying it, or you had to put down for another cause, and just okay, you, you just had to put I can down. See that. I can see that. I've had to put games down before. I think you might know what mine is. I feel like The Witcher, which it you're is. playing right now. Yeah, so I tried really, really hard to enjoy this game. I actually tweeted about it earlier this week. Um, I wanted to love the game. I think that, that that game has some of the best sound direction in an RPG. When you're standing in the middle of woods and you have your headset on and you hear all of the, the leaves blowing and you hear the rain, and I think and when you run, your boots are sloshing. I think that's the best sound I've ever heard in the game. The environments are gorgeous. Now, as for somebody who never played the first two, I couldn't care about the story. I couldn't tell. Like, they weren't very clear on what was happening in the world. They were talking about the Nilf Guardians and stuff. I didn't play the first one, but I played the second one. Well, see, like, let me ask you this. A lot they, of people didn't play the first day. So, the North are against the Nilf Guardians, and the Nilf Guardians are kind of like the Nazis in this game, right? They're kind of just uh, overwhelmingly war hungry. To be fair, that's not really the parts armor. of the games that I'm going to remember, and I beat that well, game. That's I, I beat that game early. the week Kyrie was born, so it's been two years, and I played a yeah. lot of games since then. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there, there's a war happening between two empires, and, and one of them is series. It doesn't really go back into explaining. Empire. Yeah, uh, and then Rad. Uh, I can't even remember his name. I want to say Radagast, but that's fucking that's Lord of the Rings. Hobbit. Yeah. Hobbit. Or well, they put that in the. Is it Hobbit? I can't. It I don't is know. Hobbit. It's, they put him in the Hobbit movie. Okay. Yeah, he's good. So he's. I don't good. think he's, he's in the Hobbit in the book. He I could be wrong. Actually. I can't remember. That shit starts to bleed. There's together. too many. Yeah, there's too many things in those that bleed up. But um. Yeah, I, I really, really want to enjoy it, and I just, over the course of this past week, I've been spending about an hour to a day playing, kind of just going, going slow, doing side quests and stuff, and the first time I played it, I was getting really annoyed at the fact that I was told to, you know, go here to talk to this guy, then go here to talk to this girl to get the herb, then go to this guy to talk to to get the, uh, or to examine the griffin, then go back into your partner, then go kill the griffin. I don't remember it being that. 
ridiculous. Yeah, you, know? you like in the very beginning, the tutorial mission where you had to fight the Griffin. You had to go to, and this is really nitpicky, but you had to go to the um, one of the Nilfgaard uh, barracks and talk to a guy. Then he told you that there's a herbalist and then there's uh, a hunter. You have to go talk to them too. Then you have to go back to your friend or have to go back to him. I can't remember. Let's not spend too long on it. But. Yeah, it's just I, I wanted to enjoy it, and I, I'm currently enjoying it. I just don't know if I'll put it back down again. So okay. that's just something well, to look out for. Well, one of my other games, I have, I'm going to say two again on here because I've already mentioned it technically, but I did have to put down Diablo 3 on PC. I just couldn't keep going. Uh, but as far as a game um, on this side, I'm going to say, and, and me and you actually both did this, and you know how excited I was for the game, uh, Star Ocean. And I liked it. That, yeah, that it's is just, one for me. It too. got to a point where I felt like, even though I liked it, I was like, I just don't love it. And it almost seems like work. I can't remember what it was. I remember talking to you about it, though. There was a weird quirk with that game. It was a visual quirk. Something that you, I think it was something to do with the walking animation. Yeah, like where it was almost it was almost a either a ghosting effect or like your foot looked weird, and it kind of just threw me through a loop. I didn't like the it. The animations were a little weird. The game was really pretty. I actually liked the art. It was. Yeah, it was. Uh, and that was a big step up for them. So uh, next one we had comes from Don. Thank you, RJ Loki. Uh, Twitter handler at ScissorHands88. Um and he says, do you think we will see, or he wants to know, do you think we will see a new SOCOM at E3? No. And I've been thinking over this for a little while. I want to. I really love the SOCOM games. I don't know. what What's going on with me right now is in my mind, I feel like I haven't seen enough examples of Sony closing down a studio and then continuing the uh, the franchise with another developer. Um and that doesn't mean anything. I'm actually, I'm really interested in a lot of dormant properties at the moment. Uh, I would like to see Resistance come back. And there's been a little bit of rumors that Resistance 4 may be at E3. Uh, but I'm not cool. getting my hope up because much like SOCOM, you know, uh, Resistance was uh, always um, Insomniac. And then they dropped, they, they decided 3 was going to be their last one. Uh, and then there was uh, the PSP one in between 2 and 3 that came out. That was uh, the, the guys over at Bend who are developing... Uh, Days Gone, and they developed uh, un- they developed the PS Vita Uncharted game, right? Um, and then they had I can't remember the name Nihilistic or something like that made the PS Vita one, and while it wasn't a terrible game, it definitely Burning not, Skies, yeah, they definitely did not live up to the rest of the series in terms of quality. Uh, so, but you know, it's been so long since we've seen a Resistance game, 2011 to be, or technically 2012 or 12. It was a launch game for Vita, so it's been since 2012 since we've seen one. Um, so I don't know. SOCOM's kind of in that similar boat. We haven't seen a SOCOM since SOCOM 4 for the PS3. That sounds right. Uh, I really thought Confrontation was a cool game. Uh, but with Zipper being closed down, it's really hard to say, man. Because uh, the only thing, you know, since they've closed down Studio Liverpool, the only game thing we've seen from Wipeout is the collection coming. Uh, and that's not a new game. So maybe you'll see a... So- yeah. Maybe. And a lot of people didn't love SOCOM th- uh, 4, though. Maybe you'll see a SOCOM HD of some form. Uh, a lot of people really want to. Uh, and that's a way for Sony to get goodwill from a franchise and, and then also see if there's interest. Uh, and I think that might be something they do is gauge interest based off of any kind of a remaster they put out for them to make a new SOCOM. Now, who develop it, who will develop it is a really big question, and I don't know the answer well, to that. Well, and I think that uh, with Wildlands being a thing, I don't think SOCOM would do that well financially. I think that I think it would. Very different games. No, they are, but I still think that people who are digging that th- that third uh, third person war game, they're going to go to Wildlands. Now, I would go to SoCom. Man, there's some really rabid fans of SoCom. 
I know. And like, I, the multiplayer you, in that game was great. Because 4 didn't look good to me. Uh, but I absolutely loved Confrontation. What was uh, 2? Bravo? Um, yeah, that sounds right. Something. Uh, two was, was and you know, there was a lot of SOCOM great. games for the PSP. I would be interested to see if they end up coming out with SOCOM games in general uh, on moving forward, if it's HD remakes or whatever. I really want them to. I just don't think it's something that's going to happen. I, I don't know. I, don't get me wrong. It's not a franchise I consider dear to my heart, but I definitely had some good times with it. Yeah, that's about the same um, opinion for me. I mean, man, really, I thought Confronta- uh, Confrontation was just a, just that a was different the PS, game. That was the PS3 really, one, right? Yeah, and it was okay. online only. $40 came out, but you could also buy it for $60 with a Bluetooth headset. That game was awesome. Uh, that was one of the ways to get the Bluetooth headset on PS3. Yeah, I think, one of the first if I'm not ways. mistaken, I brought it over to Ed's, and me and, me and Seth played. I think you played with that night, too. Very it was really fun. Very, very, it's very possible. So that's it for reader mail. Um, so I that's guess it for episode 10. I don't think that we have anything else to talk about. So yeah, that's it for episode 10. Hope you enjoyed it. I know, like I said, it's a little bit of a different touch. We try and do topics that are a little more, you know, based around gaming industry and stuff, but these yeah. personal topics are fun uh, and it's a little easier to do when we have a lot of stuff going on. So, you know, we didn't want to not record and I felt like this is the best in-between way to do it. We want to make sure we always have an episode out when we say we're going to have an episode out. Uh, so you'll always have something to listen to. So I will say you can catch us on YouTube. New episodes Monday to uh, 12 p.m. CST, 10 a.m. PST on the YouTube. And then also on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music in audio-only format. Uh, so Listen to these new rich mics while you're at it. Yeah, yeah. He's in my smooth voice. Actually, I've been like I've been Robert feeling like I'm a little hoarse lately. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm not. But until next time, Triangle Squared, Episode Ten. Thank you.